Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Huge thanks to Brooklinen for supporting Earn Your Happy. Brooklinen creates beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code Lori to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. And another huge thank you to Territory Foods. Territory is a chef-driven marketplace of sustainably sourced, nutritionally dense, ready-to-eat meals, to save $75 across your first three orders and get free shipping, go to territoryfoods.com and use promo code Lori75. That's promo code Lori75. Whatever you have that you can put out there will make it easier for you to spot opportunities. Some people try it the opposite way. What do I need? What do I need? What do I need? And that is the absolute wrong way to go about making unreasonable requests. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of Light Pink, best-selling author, three-time fitness world champion, and I'm a crazy multi-passionate entrepreneur. 
My journey has taken me everywhere from being a broke waitress, barista, retails associate, and personal trainer with massive anxiety and no belief in myself to later becoming a multimillionaire in love with my life. In 2007, my husband and I lost everything. We found ourselves hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt at rock bottom. We had no ideas and I had no education to fall back on. This is when I found personal development and learned everything I could about business, not by choice, but because I realized no one was coming to save me. The conversations on this podcast are going to let you know that you're not alone and that we all feel like we don't know what we're doing. We're going to give you the tools to help you face your fears, take action, start your business, and grow those massive dreams that are keeping you up at night. It's time to create a life that you can't hide from and put so much on the line that your higher self is forced to come out. You're going to stop waiting for someone to approve of you, and you're going to anoint yourself. Because I'm obsessed about building businesses that give women a platform, I want to feature you. So if you text the word podcast to 310-496-8363, you can get your questions answered on our Q&A segment along with a shout out. And if you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we're choosing someone every month to get coached and featured on our show. It just might be you. So let's get started. My next guest is somebody who I hit it off immediately with. I was introed by way of a friend, and sometimes I really believe that that is the best way to find the best people is through introductions. So Stephanie Burns is on the show today, and she's the founder of The Wild Agency, which is an amplification and visibility agency focusing on building the legacy and personal brands of company founders. With a background in brand building, media buying, strategy, and entrepreneurship, Stephanie has wide experience with an eclectic portfolio of industries. After being a contestant on the Wheel of Fortune, she used her winnings to launch her previous company, Chic CEO, which was an online resource for over 100,000 female entrepreneurs. With an MBA in marketing, She's also a contributor to Forbes Women and Entrepreneur and has been featured in notable press outlets like Fast Company, Wall Street Journal, Fox Business, Amex Open, Cosmopolitan, and The New York Times. This is a soul conversation. You're going to love it. Let's get started. Stephanie, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Oh man, we had the best conversation. I I don't know. That was a few months ago now. Yeah. Um, I was in Park City and just randomly we had this appointment and I kept it. And I'm so freaking glad that I did because it was just one of those conversations where I think we were connecting over you writing an article because you also write for Forbes, you writing an article. And we ended up just kind of talking about everything in life. And that was the moment that I was like, I don't want this conversation to end. I definitely (laughs) need to have her on the podcast. And I'm so glad that I have you here because you talk about one of my favorite topics and that is 
unreasonable requests. So we're going to jump into that in just a little bit. But before we do that, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what you do and just kind of where this concept of unreasonable requests came from? Sure. So gosh, from the beginning, I had a company called Chic CEO and it's an online web source, web resource for female entrepreneurs, helping them get their businesses up and running from, you know, how to get your EIN to how to set up your LLC. And I started that back in, Mm -hmm. yeah, I started that back in 2010 because, well, I actually, the idea for it came back in like 2008, I believe all of my girlfriends were getting laid off. If you remember, everybody was getting laid off from their jobs. Yeah. We lost everything. (laughs) Literally our home, everything at that time. Oh yeah. You remember. (laughs) So all of, I was in grad school at the time I was getting my MBA. So all of my girlfriends kept coming to me, asking me, you know, how do I get a business started? I need to pay my bills. I need to like do something on the side. And I I kept saying, well, I'm not, I don't know. And finally, after getting this question so many times, I finally said, why are, why are all of you asking me this? I have no idea. I'm not, (laughs) I was, you're getting your MBA. Aren't you like learning how to do this stuff? And said, no, I'm not learning how to start a business. That's not what you learn when you're getting your MBA. You're learning how to run a business, Hmm. right? Global marketing and strategic management and statistics and all of these things that no startup entrepreneur ever really needs to know and understand. (laughs) So (laughs) finally, I I got all of my girlfriends together. Um, I was living in San Diego at the time. And so I got all of my girlfriends together and gave them a bunch of wine. And we just sat down and we talked and talked and talked. (laughs) It was so fun. Yeah. And I, I finally thought to myself, okay, if I have like 15 of just my girlfriends sitting in my living room, wondering how to get a business started. And these girls are smart, right? They're mm-hmm. smart. They are super rad, resourceful, smart women. If they can't find the answers, what is, what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is craziness to me. Starting a business is not rocket science. It happens every day. There has to be a checklist somewhere. Well, I, so I decided I would go find that checklist for them and I couldn't find mm-hmm. it either. So that's when I decided to create Chic CEO was to give those girls, those women and those friends of mine, something to follow the ABCs, the one, two, threes of how to get a business started. And what I realized was that my friends wanted it, but I didn't realize how many women out in the world needed it. Mm. So Chic CEO grew, um, after, a few months after I launched it. It took me about a year to research, write, plan, launch it. Um, a few months after that, I actually brought on a business partner, my friend Jody. And, um, in order to get the business started, I was actually on the game show wheel of fortune Mm -hmm. and I won some money. And so the money that I won on wheel of fortune, I used to get the website created. So after that, there was no more money. So (laughs) Jody and I, Jody and I had, you know, we had no idea what you know, how to get this thing off the ground. Mm -hmm. And so we were, we were doing everything we could think of. We were going to, um, networking events three or four times a week. Oh man. Um, oh yeah. Breakfast events, lunch events, dinner events, cocktail hours. It was a lot of energy, a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we decided that we needed to create our own networking events because we thought to ourselves, what would be a better way to bring people to us? And we can still meet all of these people and talk about our business in a way that doesn't absolutely drain us. So that's when, (laughs) yes, I feel that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what we decided we needed to have our own 
um, networking events for women in San Diego. So our very first event was we wanted it to be at the W Hotel. And so Jody called the W Hotel and said, we want to hold an event, um, you know, in your, your lounge area on a Wednesday night. We want to bring about 100 women, um, but we need you to buy the drinks and appetizers. And um, they were like, okay. And she's like, great. So we get off the phone. We set this whole thing up. And her husband at the time was running networking events in San mm-hmm. Diego. And he was, he says to her, well, you know, what's your food and bev minimum? And she's like, what? And he's like, well, what did they say that you had to pay in like minimum in food and bev? And she's like, no, I told them they had to pay for it. And they said, okay. And he's like, what? <laughs> and that, <laughs> he's like, that's never happened. Yeah, no. And that was when we realized that we had just made our very first unreasonable request. <laughs> we had asked for something crazy. Yeah. It was literally like, wait, I've never asked for that. Why did I, why have I never done that? I've always had to pay the minimum. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We, we scaled that, that event series into LA, into Portland, um, into New York Hmm. using this, this one unreasonable request. We never paid for food and bed minimums ever. And so we called it boot scrapping, getting scrappy while you're bootstrapping because we, (laughs) (laughs) and once we started to realize that once we could make these crazy unreasonable requests that we were getting yeses way more often than we were getting, actually, I couldn't even tell you a time where we got a no, but we would start asking for crazy stuff. And a lot of the times it was to make ourselves giggle, Mm. you know, just like for fun, but you know, when you don't have anything in the beginning, you have to start, you have to start asking. And that's kind of where the concept of unreasonable requests came from. And from that for that point forward, we really baked it into our company culture. Mm. Our team members started doing it. We started to build a framework around it. And so it's something I'm really passionate about is really getting out there and getting a little unreasonable, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) asking for the things that you need and you want, especially for your business. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is, I am like so jacked right now to want to go actually ask for a lot of things because I, my, my muscles like definitely growing in this arena, but you just Mm -hmm. made me realize that I am like playing super small still. Um, okay. So I have been making really unreasonable requests in this company that I'm starting. Um, and it's been the only way that it's happening. Like it's the only way that I have raised money. It's the only way that I've gotten anything done, but I'm also realizing you're opening up this kind of like when I'm, when, now that I'm thinking of going to market and marketing and all of the things that we're going to want to do, like, especially with events, like you just opened up, why would I not, why would I not try for the big things first and use different negotiating tactics? So let's get into kind of, I I think first let's go over the emotional side of what happens when we do this, because we're going to talk all about the great things and where it can be used. But I think we need to foundationally set people up for all the shit that comes up around um, that comes up when, when we say this, we're like, yes, unreasonable requests. And we're like, yeah, jump on this train. It's going to be amazing. And then when you go to do it, like you're going to feel sick. Like you're going to mm-hmm. feel like you either need to go to the bathroom or throw up or all of the above. Like it mm-hmm. really is a crazy, crazy experience that really shakes your whole sense of being as a human. It it really makes you 
you think about your worthiness and all of all of those things. So let's start there into tell me about kind of those first moments of realizing, number one, that this was this was the only way things were going to get done, like that you wanted to get done. Um, And then number two, that this was like, you know, really kind of shaking you as a human being. And how did you cope with that? Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I want to say too, about making unreasonable requests is by just even listening to this concept, you can't unstretch your brain from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many times where I've had a conversation just about the concept of unreasonable requests where people's minds are so stretched that they just can't ever go back. <laughs> so they just give themselves kind of that permission to go out and ask a little bit bigger and be a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I, I love about this concept, you know, in its entirety is just that just even hearing it makes us feel like we're expanding, mm-hmm. but when, you know, it's important to understand that the term unreasonable is different for all of us, mm. right? So what's unreasonable for you may not be so unreasonable for me yes. or, you know, what's unreasonable for, for this person over here may not be, you know, unreasonable for that person. So it's not about going out and asking for the biggest, craziest thing you can think of at the time. It's literally about asking for maybe the thing that's 1% above your yes threshold of what's uncomfortable for you. Mm-hmm. And that could be anything. That could be asking for, you know, the table by the window, that could be asking for an orgasm from your partner. Mm-hmm. So, it's really about getting uncomfortable and stretching yourself that can make us feel all woozy. So don't feel like you have to go for like the massive thing. I could tell you, mm. you know, more huge unreasonable requests I've made from this point forward, from going to Bali on my honeymoon, from, you know, finding event space in Times Square for one of our events in in New York. So you don't even have to go that big. So one thing to remember about making an unreasonable request is it's not asking for things for free. That is absolutely Mm. not what it is. If that's what you get, that's lovely, but that is not what it is. Asking for something unreasonable is about an exchange of value. And so what Jody and I were finding when we were making some of these big requests was that we were oftentimes getting a yes because we first brought value that was important to the other person. Mm. And um for us a monetary exchange wasn't in the cards for us because we were a brand new business, we didn't have any money. And so but we did have other things of value such as a community, such as, you know, our email newsletter list or any other of the things that, that we had. So the first thing to remember about an unreasonable request is that you have things in your toolbox. You have things of value that you can bring to other people in exchange. And that is the very most important thing is to understand that there's value that you have mm-hmm. and that you're going to need to bring that to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in order to feel better about making unreasonable requests. If you're feeling like you're getting stretched Mm -hmm. is to remember that the outcome, whether it's a yes or a no is simply data. It is not, you're a horrible person. It is not, you're the greatest person in the world. It's, Mm -hmm. it's none of that has nothing to do with you. It is simply data. And usually the data will tell you is if you brought enough value Mm -hmm. to the ask. Mm -hmm. So if you get a no, 
you didn't bring the right amount of value or the right type of value to the ask. If it's a yes, then you absolutely did. Mm -hmm. So if you get a no, just got to evaluate. Okay. That wasn't enough value or that wasn't what that person needed or that company needed or that brand partner needed. And to revise your ask and maybe try again or try with a new target. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Um, and so that really helps keep it um, almost technical for mm-hmm. me when I'm making a big ask. Um, another thing that I've noticed that is helpful, especially for, for women, for us, is that when we're going to make a big ask, it's easier to make a big ask on the behalf of someone else or something else that you deeply care about. So a nonprofit that you deeply care about, or, you know, a friend that you deeply care about, it's easier for us to go out and make unreasonable requests on somebody else's behalf. So if you feel like that is a way for you to practice and to make your muscles bigger, then go for it. Like find your favorite nonprofit, go start asking for crazy stuff for them, bring in the value. And that helps to ease the anxiety that that brings too. I have to interrupt this podcast to ask you if your bed is as deliciously comfortable as it's supposed to be. You guys, I am all about making sure that your sleeping conditions and the things that cover your body and that make you feel cozy and get incredible night's rest are top priority. So the seasons are changing, the weather is changing, which means why not change your bed sheets too? They should change. Fall into comfort and make it a top priority this season. And who's more of an expert in comfort than Brooklinen? You can get $20 off your purchase of $100 at brooklinen.com when you use my promo code Lori. Brooklinen creates simple, beautiful, high quality home essentials like breathable sheets, plush and absorbent towels, cozy robes, and comfy loungewear. You guys know I am all about luxurious sheets. And if you don't know, I'm robe obsessed. I'm all about that robe life. They cut out the middleman. They work directly with the manufacturers so that luxury is available to you without the luxury level markups. So you can have their amazing array of products at a reasonable price. For cooler weather, I absolutely love the wash linen sheets for a cozy, warm feel that's still not too heavy. Don't tell anyone, but the wash linen also allows me to be a little little bit lazy because when it comes to making my bed in the morning, it just pretty much has that lived in kind of rumpled, effortless aesthetic that makes me less concerned about having that freshly pressed hotel bed look. Who even does that? I just pull the sheets and duvet cover from edge to edge and there you go. Five minutes, three minutes, I'm pretty much done and it looks perfectly imperfect. So give yourself the comfort that you deserve and get it for less at brooklinen.com. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code Lori to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That is B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code Lori for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. Now let's get back to the episode. Were there different ways that you learned about um, how to bring value? Like, uh, are there questions that you ask or go into when you look at a company that you want to work with or the events? But let's just use like a, event spaces, for instance. I would love some examples for people to understand that value can come in so so many different forms that maybe they're not seeing. So what was some of the value that you brought to the people for like event spaces or go ahead and use whatever example comes to your mind? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, when we launched our networking events in New York, for example, mm-hmm. we found a venue in, um, it was a brand new hotel that had a rooftop bar and they agreed to host our event for hundred women. They'd pay for the first cocktail and appetizers. Um, and we just basically had to show up and collect our registration money. Sorry, this is blowing um, my mind because I've hosted so many events. So I know that this, I'm like, <laughs> tell me all the things, go ahead. <laughs> I know it's crazy. And um, the reason why it was valuable to them mm-hmm. was it was because it was the night before their grand opening. Mm. Nobody knew who they were. Typically on like a random Wednesday night, maybe not in Times Square, but certainly in San Diego, you don't find a hundred people to walk through your door yeah. and buy a drink. Hmm. So typically, you know, if we brought 50 to hundred women, they would buy a second drink. They would get a drink on the house and then they would buy a second drink. So some of them would actually stay for dinner if it was a restaurant. Um, and so now they just had 50 people walk through their door. Let's just say half of them bought a second drink. Um, you know, maybe 10 of them stayed for dinner. That probably wouldn't have happened, you know, any other Wednesday night. Yep. Um, they now know about your establishment. They've tried your menu. Now they're probably going to come back. We have marketing channels that we marketed their restaurant or venue to, um, talked about it, you know, in our email newsletters, put it on our website, you know, any press or media that we did. So they got free advertising as well. So it really was a good value exchange for them. They could go out and do all that stuff on their own too, or they could spend the money on food and a drink. So it really was a value exchange for them as much as it was for us. So that's really what we had to think about. Okay, what does a brand new restaurant want? They want customers. They want people to come in and sample their menu. They want people to just walk through the door. Um, And so that's really the value that we brought to them. And that's really what you have to think about is, is what can I bring to them? And that's the first step of making an unreasonable request is making sure that you understand what you can bring to the table first. So I always tell people, make an inventory of your skill set and your assets. Mm. Even if it's, you know, I can make a website or I have a truck that I don't use on the weekends, or, you know, I'm a, a bookkeeper or I teach yoga classes. It doesn't matter. Whatever you have that you can put out there will make it easier for you to spot opportunities. Some people try it the opposite way. What do I need? What do I need? What do I need? And that is the absolute wrong way to go about making unreasonable requests. You will miss so many potential opportunities if you don't first understand what you can give Mm -hmm. before you're looking for what you can get. And that is a very important to understand. Oh man, I, you know, and there's so many, so there's so many things about this that I just want to share because I'm sure that you, especially with, with what you've done with hosting events and, and just growing your own company, then having something of value that other people then want to be a part of, like maybe they want to speak there or, you know, what it be highlighted there or whatever that is. Um, I'm just thinking of so many people who listen to this, like they either want to be on, they want to be on podcasts or they want to be in magazines or they want to be on stages. And I can tell you that I've been on the receiving end of a lot of requests to be on, um, uh, uh, an event that I host that is usually like 500 women and it was for nine years in a row. So I would get so many requests on speaking and, 
you know, I completely under, I, I understand that people want to do that, but this is where this exact concept is so valuable. If that's people's goals, mm-hmm. because I would get requests that just say, Hey, I've got a great story. They've never spoken before, but they're like desperate to speak on stage. And it's not that they don't have a great story, but they don't come in with anything that they're offering to me, not realizing that this is also a a business for me that I have to make money on because I'm spending so much money on putting the event on. And I spend an entire year planning it, paying my entire team to help me plan it. Um, and it, it's like, it's that moment of going, oh, they don't get it yet. They don't understand yeah. the the value exchange that for them to be on the stage is a huge value. And I need to see that you bring value too. So whether that is they have an audience or this message is just like proven to be like bang on and people freak out and they have the experience and they show me the data essentially of like what value they're going to bring to me, then unfortunately it's like, I it's hard to explain to people mm-hmm. that, it doesn't mean I don't think you're amazing and that you have a great story. It means this is not an equal energy and value exchange for me. So that's why, that's why I think this is so empowering for people to hear because instead of taking it personal, you literally just said, you can't take it personal. Like, look at the data. So exactly, exactly. And I call that the win, win, win. Yes. Right. When I, when I first started Chic CEO and our community started to get pretty big, um, we grew it to over 120,000 women. So amazing. Um, and people would come and say, you know, I've got this course. And if you promote it, then I'll give you 50% as an affiliate. And I'm like, well, that sounds, you know, and I'll, and I'll give your, your community 30% off or something. Uh, you know, that sounds great for you. And that sounds great for my community. But all that sounds like is extra work for me. Yeah. Like you just put extra work for me. You want me to allocate my resources to your product. Um, and so that sounds like a win-win lose mm-hmm. for me. So I, same, same, you know, in all my events, people would want to come speak, but they never, you know, came with the value. Like, here's, here's what I would like to offer you in exchange. Um, and even, you know, I write, like I said, I write for Forbes and even that there's so many people that pitch that don't come in with value there too. Nowadays with media, right? A lot of the contributors that you're going to find on Forbes and Entrepreneur and, and, you know, all these different media outlets are business owners. They've got a business to run. My Forbes column isn't my business, Mm -hmm. right? That's not how I make all of my money. So for me to just stop everything that I'm doing, just to work on telling your story without you saying, I'm going to promote the article or I'm going to, you know, send it out and, and, you know, help get the word out about it, which is what contributors need. It just feels like I'm working for you instead of working Mm -hmm. for my business. So no matter what you're doing, you really do need to bring value to it. What your part is in it, what you're willing to, to put into it too. Um, and so that is a, you're right. That is a very, very valuable lesson for anybody that's trying to get their career started or their business started and they want to create partnerships is how can we do this together? What value am I bringing? When Jody and I first started Chic CEO and we were trying to grow our email newsletter database, we would do email newsletter swaps with people. Mm. And we knew that if we were coming to somebody who had, you know, 40,000 people on their, in their database, and we were only at 5,000 at the time, that if we were asking you to do one newsletter for us, we were going to do four for you. 
period. Mm -hmm. So that it was an equal exchange of value. We weren't just asking for a handout. So thank you for bringing that up because I think that's a really, really valuable lesson to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm, I mean, it just, it's, it's making me just kind of like think about, it's such an important thing to think about all of the time, especially in your business, because I do believe that this is the main, I think it's the main path to creating a lot that you, exactly what you want to create, because we can't do it alone. We are not the puzzle in its entirety. We are just the piece and we need to go find all the pieces that we can do all of these different value exchanges. It it truly is like, it's like old times where you're just going and and kind of like bartering. (laughs) It is, it really is like if you, you, yes, you can pay for so many things. And I do think that value exchange is very important as well, but it's, I find it's like, it's, you can also do this and kind of like use all of it to supplement so much of what you don't have, um, in the beginning. And then you can also do this as, as you grow. And I think it's what you have to do for your, your company. If you really want to grow in the way that you want to grow. So I know that you have spoken in front of tons of audiences with this topic. Um, I would love to hear some of the questions that come up around it. Like, what are the obstacles? What are the things that people are saying in their brain that they're like, that all sounds great, but this, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, I think everybody has already resigned themselves to a no, Mm. you know, that's what we, that's the thing that we're trying to overcome really with unreasonable requests is that we think that we're automatically hitting a big no when we haven't even asked yet. We have no idea. Gosh, why do we do that? I do. We do. Why? We're not doing that anymore. No more. No, it's ridiculous. And it's (laughs) It's, no fun. No, you know, like making unreasonable requests is really pretty hilarious. You know, it's really fun and it's really funny. And Jody and I would just giggle. I mean, we just would just die laughing. It was almost like a one-up of what the other person could do. That was so ridiculous. And then it just, we kept getting yeses that we had to get a little more intentional, you know, intentional about what we were asking for, because it would just get wild. But, you know, it's, it's that it's almost like we, you can either have a 100% no, or you could have a, like a 50, 50. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it just really is, you will be so surprised that how often you get a yes, when you really craft a good request that has equal value, you know, an equal value exchange. Um, but it really is, you know, coming up with that and feeling comfortable about it. But it, it's not that it's not that we don't necessarily want to ask. It's we just already have accepted the no. Mm. And that's really what we have to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is deciding absolutely. that we don't want to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's, uh, let's talk about those moments of sending the first emails or text messages. Like what are people, what are they going to think of me? Oh my God. Cause I know that I have sent some that I'm like, Oh my God, I literally can't believe I just asked for that. They're either going to be like, this girl is insane. I never want to work with her again. Or they're going to tell like their other higher up friends, like this girl's needy, keep her out of your circle. Like (laughs) all of the things that go through my mind when I send these things and then none of it happens, but Mm -hmm. it is like stomach dropping, make you sick. Like is, is there certain wording that you use for it so that you can just like know that you sent an unreasonable request, but also that you feel good about it no matter what? Like, let's not talk about the wording first, because I do want to talk about that specifically next. But let's talk about like sending it, like the feeling of sending it and what you do to kind of like 
have yourself be at more peace after you do it? Well, I think you just really do have to remember that the outcome is just data Mm -hmm. and that the out, you know, an unreasonable request should probably never be made in an act of desperation either. Yeah. That whatever the outcome should be. (laughs) Yeah. It should not be like, you know, I might go to prison if you say no or something like that. It shouldn't be really crazy. So you should be okay whether you get there yes or no. Mm -hmm. That's probably the best thing to start there is to remember that there's no, there's, there's nothing's going to change with a yes or no, you know, that everything's still going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then if you're really feeling tender about it, I guess, is to start small, just start small you know, start to ask for things that you normally wouldn't ask for. Um, you know, the smaller things, it's okay not to necessarily bring a ton of value again, like asking for the table by the window. Um, you know, if your food's not right, sending it back and asking it to be right. Um, you know, if your spouse snaps at you and you never say anything to ask for an apology, you know, things like that, just starting small, but once you're starting to to ask for big things, it's just in my mind, in order for me to hit send, I need to know that I am proposing just as much value, if not more to what I'm asking for, mm. because at that point I won't feel like a crazy person, yeah. you know, cause sometimes there are sometimes where people will ask me for things and I'm like, you're nuts. You're legit. <laughs> yes. And so nobody wants to feel like that when you're asking for something. And that's our fear yeah. is that somebody on the other side is going to go, you are nuts. But if you <laughs> truly know that you've brought enough value, that you are truly looking at it like a partnership, mm-hmm. right? That you want to help them out as much as they would be helping you out. It doesn't feel so nutso, right? Yes. Okay. So for do you suggest that people do their homework and either ask questions to the person that they're trying to work with if they don't know what that value could be of like, do you, how, how do you do your research on what you think that person needs or finding out specifically so you can start to craft your message? So that's where it's really important to know like an absolute inventory of what you can provide. Okay. Because those I call it opportunity spotting. Those opportunities will not pop up in your, you know, sphere of reference until you absolutely know what you can offer in exchange. So once you absolutely are clear about what the things that you can do for other people are, then those things will start to pop up and you'll start to notice them a lot more. Mm. Um, And then, you know, there are times where you think to yourself, okay, I do need something. I absolutely do need something. And then you can, you can 1000% do your research. If you're not quite sure what they need in return, it's, there's nothing wrong with having a conversation and saying, look, I have this, 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 and this, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for this, 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 and this. Do you think that this could maybe be a partnership that we could chat about? Mm -hmm. And then you might say, well, we don't need that and that, but we do need this and this. And that's where a conversation could definitely start. Because if they say that I need, you know, ABC, you could say, well, absolutely. I can do ABC. Is there, are you, would you be willing to exchange that for X, Y, Z? And they might be like, that sounds lovely. And there you go. And it's as easy as that. But if you, if you can't 
it's, if you don't understand or you're not super clear on what you can bring to the table, then that split second conversation will never happen. You literally cannot come in with that. Hey, let's take a second because I got to tell you, Territory Foods is saving my life. You guys, why does Q4 always end up being the busiest quarter of the year? Work seems to ramp up exponentially with wrapping up the new year and all of the different plans that you want for the next year. And now that we have our social lives back, it feels like holiday parties are coming out of the woodwork, not to mention how important it is that we all want to see our families. It's impossible for me to even think about planning dinners. And that's where Territory comes in. It's a chef-driven marketplace of meals where it's sustainably sourced, nutritionally dense, and ready to eat in just 90 seconds. Yes, I said 90 seconds. Territory only uses healthy fats, clean proteins, and lots of sustainably harvested seasonal produce. The entire menu is free of gluten, inflammatory oils, dairy, and refined sugar. It makes my life so much easier with meals delivered twice a week to ensure that they're always fresh. And you can order as many as 12 meals for each delivery day. There are 10 plans including, you guys, I'm drooling already, Mediterranean diet, paleo, vegan, whole food, keto friendly, or you can bypass the diets completely and just choose whatever the heck looks amazing to you. We love our veggies over here. You guys know that I will just have a pile of kale every single night. And if the new year comes around and you're feeling like you got your stuff together, there's a risk-free subscription that makes it easy to pause or cancel your meals at any time. Territory wants to offer my listeners a $75 credit, a $75 savings across your first three orders, plus free shipping. Just go to territoryfoods.com and use the promo code Lori75. That's $75 you can save across your first three orders along with free shipping by going to territoryfoods.com with promo code Lori75. Now let's get back to the episode. Oh my goodness. I love this so much because what will happen in emails is I will get people who are like, Hey, what I, I would love to have this happen or be on your podcast. And then I'll try to help you in whatever way that I can. And I'm like, I don't know what you can do. And this feels like so much work to me. Like I just thought I was going to open up a message and be able to respond. And I only have 20 minutes to get through X, Y, and Z number of messages. And then you have your super busy day. And it's like, it actually creates work for the person. Mm -hmm. And they will probably, if you haven't been getting answers, it's probably because of things like this, where you didn't give them anything to choose from. You actually created more work by your question from them. They're probably so insanely busy. They can't even think about what they need. You have to present it. So I love that you said like, present this list of what you could provide for that person so that, you know, someone just did this the other day. I want to hire a virtual assistant and a virtual assistant wrote down specifically what they're, um, you know, what exactly they do and what they're really good at. And for me, I was like, great, I need that. That's exactly what I'm looking for. And it was just like such a no brainer. I needed it so bad. I'm like, let's get on the phone. Um, but you know, I've been sent so many things from virtual assistants and they've never like gotten super specific on that and how it could help me that it, it's like, make it a no brainer for people like that. Like write, write all of the things that you do exactly how that could be applied. Not, not too much to read, but enough that it it would answer their question on what they need. Um, good for her for like knowing exactly what she does well, what she can provide. And so that you could recognize right then and there, that's what I need. I, you know, today I had somebody pitch me, um, 
story about something that she's just like, you know, this is my client and this is what they do. Here's the link to my calendar, find 10 minutes and we can chat about it. What? How much work did you just create for me in this one little email? I don't even know you. I'm not going <laughs> to sift through your calendar. I'm not going to ask you about what your client does. Like, I'm going to delete your email. Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, the best is, thing I could do right so now. It's so good. I'm so glad people it. are hearing this because yes. this is why if they have sent that message is why you're not getting an email back. Like so yes. many people wonder, there's no more wondering. It's because it just, it's the data. You just yeah. created more work for that person. Yes. Yes. You did not help me out. No. Um, So you mentioned something that was really great. Just the unattachment to um, kind of the the email that is sent. And I can really vouch for this one saying when I feel someone is attached to what they need from me, I am so, I want to run the other way. Like if, if I feel like they are telling me that this is their life stream. And if I say no, it's like they're, they'll be devastated or it's make it or break it for their family or it's make it or break it for they have this opportunity to to pitch something at my event and they want to get their product out and this could be the perfect spot for it. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm suffocating. Like this is so much responsibility and so I don't pressure. even think it's a fit. <laughs> and like, it makes me want to run and avoid. So mm-hmm. it, it's like, it's an, it's an actual energy. So you had said like actually sending. And so like crafting your message from a place of unattachment mm-hmm. of that was so powerful. Like if this doesn't happen, it's okay. And when I send, sometimes when I send emails like that, I'm just like, I'll even say like a little prayer over them. I'm like, whatever happens, happens. And I'm completely unattached from the outcome. I would mm-hmm. love for it to happen. And if not, great. Like God bless them. Like yeah. sending yes. love, all of the things. Yeah. Could you imagine that kind of pressure putting on somebody else? No. Like that is, that is just too much, too mm-hmm. much pressure, too much going on. Absolutely too much going on. And that's why it's important to come to them with the things that you can provide first. So that it doesn't feel like so much pressure for that person. Mm-hmm. You know, if the person that pitched me today and asked me to get on her calendar said, Hey, this is my client. This is what they do. Here's like five angles that yes. I can come to you with that they can talk about. You know, I can get you the quotes and the images. Like, would, do you want to talk? I mean, she's done most of the work already there, yep. but if, if you're trying to get me to work more for you, it's absolutely not going to happen because you're one of a hundred people that are in my inbox today. Yeah. And so, you know, really truthfully coming with as much value as you can, it's easy to unattach from it. You've done everything you can. You've absolutely done everything you can. You've tried to make that person's life easier, not harder mm-hmm. to include you in what they're doing. So you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like there's, you, you can't attach from it, but try to bring as much value as you can so that it's easy to unattach. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you know? letting, uh, letting them off the hook. This is kind of an interesting, um, like thought process for me while I'm writing these emails. So I'd love your input on this. Um, you know, I don't want them to feel that pressure, uh, of that. So it's kind of like crafting those sentences that say, how important this is to you, but also in how much you would love, like how much you would love to work with them, how excited you are, all of the things and that you, you know, you want to find a way to make it work. And then like the lightness that kind of is just like, you know what I'm saying? Like gives them them an out, not just like, I feel like sometimes when people don't give me an out, I I specifically have this one girl that keeps writing me with like (laughs) almost like 
as if I'm already going to be at these events that she's hosting. And it makes me feel verklempt. So <laughs> it's like, because there's no out there, like, don't worry. We would love if, if there was like a, don't worry, but we would love, absolutely love to have you something like that. Instead of like, mm-hmm. we can't wait to see you here. Like, <laughs> Just like no answer there yet. I was like, oh my God, that's so assumptive. So how do you craft something that's like powerful, very powerful and says that you're confident, but also lets the person off the hook if it's not a fit? I think the best way to do that is to really acknowledge the fact that their business or their product or their whatever they're doing is very, very important to them. Mm. And, you know, if I were to come to you and say, you know, Lori, I want to be on your podcast or something. First of all, I would never, I wouldn't ever start anything like that, but I would, I would probably say something like, I know how important your podcast is to you. I know how selective you are. I know how, you know, this, I know how just basically how important this is to you. My proposition is that I can promote it to these people doing it this way on my website, I'm going to send it out on my social, which will hit 60,000 people or, you know, hundred thousand people in this way, because I know that visibility is also important to you. I don't take this opportunity lightly. I want to make sure that you know that I'm working just as hard to promote your podcast for you as you would be promoting your podcast for you. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't necessarily talk at all about how important this would be to me ever, mm-hmm. ever. I would talk about how important it is for you and what I'm going to do to make sure that I'm working for you as hard as you work for you, not asking you to work hard for me as hard as you work for you, you know? And that's how I would, and I do craft every unreasonable request is that I know how this is important. This is for you. This is what I'm going to do to help you with you and your stuff. Mm. And then I don't hardly ever talk about how important it is to me because you're right. It is too much pressure to put Mm. on somebody else, too Mm. much pressure. Too much pressure, too much work. I love this so much. Okay, so what have have we missed anything about un, unreasonable requests that you feel like you want to share? Hmm. Just to start small, just mm-hmm. to start small. And again, if it starts to feel too much for you to maybe ask on behalf of other people or causes that you care about just to like, stretch that muscle, Mm -hmm. but to just know that the chances of getting a yes are much higher than getting a no. Mm -hmm. They really, really are. And that you really do just have to know what you can give before you can ask for anything, before you can get anything. It really is about value. And it's just too much fun. It just is a blast because you never know what somebody's going to say yes to. I mean, like I said, I went to Bali on my honeymoon for two months to learn how to computer code. Oh my God. (laughs) For free. How did you do that? I know. Just asking. Because I, just asking, I ended up talking to a program director who had no women in his course and he wanted more women. And I was like, that is funny because I have 120,000 over here. (laughs) And so we just kind of like started talking and, um, we finally came to an agreement. He's like, how about if, you know, you blog about it on your website and you come and you learn because I've always wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. And, um, I said, well, you know, I'm getting married like two days before the, your cohort starts. So can my new husband come? And he's like, yeah, I gave us a villa. Like it was so great. That was probably my, one of my biggest unreasonable requests, but it was a really great value exchange. Yes. And we both got what we needed out of it. And, you know, 
it was super exciting. I mean, it's super exciting to live in Bali for two months on your honeymoon, you know? So you never know what could come of it. You just never know. So get creative, get creative and start thinking what area, I love that idea of like writing down all of the ways that you can bring value and seeing that's when it will start to pop out to you and seeing like, wow, they don't have this yet. Or I don't see anything on their site or what they're doing or within their company. And this could be really valuable. Like they're missing out. It just makes you start thinking so creatively and leaving time for leaving some creative time for that to start looking at where you could connect with those people, which is exactly what I'm going to do very soon with this. Um, So I am so excited about this. I'm so excited we reconnected. I'm already thinking of just all of these different things because of this conversation. So thank you so much. I appreciate you so much and literally feel like I could talk to you forever. You're just one of those (laughs) people that like, I feel like I've known for my whole life. Yeah. Um, who would you love to work with right now? Like, I know you have so many cool modalities of working with you. Like, who is your favorite person to work with and how can they work with you? Well, you know, I always have a soft spot in my heart for female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just starting and ramping up my agency to help uh, visibility and amplification for company founders. Mm. So any... Um, founder who has started a company that's pretty successful and know that they need to like step out into the spotlight and create mm. their own personal brand is who I'm looking to work with and and talk to and help. So that's my new, my new venture right now. Very, Ooh, very exciting. I'm like, okay, I got it. It's <laughs> pretty gonna fun. Huh? Another, another show with you to talk about that one. <laughs> Okay. Amazing. Well, you guys definitely go and look up Stephanie. Um, Your website is entertaining in and of itself. I love the way that you write. Thank you. Uh, So good. I was like, this is so creative. So you guys definitely go check her out and check that out. Um, Where can they go? Where can they find you, follow you, all the things? Yeah. Just go to stephanie-burns.com. You can find me on, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Hey, Stephanie Burns. Um, yeah, I'm not as active on social as I should, probably should be, but you know, I've got a five and a three-year-old. So girl, I mean, you're active time. in other places. I always say that's right. Like, I, that's just right. Go look at my podcast. Okay. I'm consistent <laughs> there. <laughs> you can only do literally, you can only do so much sometimes. And so it's true. like, you're killing it. You're killing it in so many areas. I'm so momming. That's all Grace. I do. They just say mom. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so grateful for you. You guys definitely go and check her out. And as always, if you want to give back in a major way to our awesome guest, who I know she just rocked your world and gave you like the keys to the universe for your business and asking big, crazy, unreasonable requests, uh, give her a tag on Instagram, upload this podcast and let her know, share it on your stories, let her know what your biggest takeaway was. And why don't you tell us what your unreasonable request is going to be? We'd love to see it. Uh, (laughs) Email me. Hi at stephanie-burns.com. Tell me your unreasonable request. I will write back and I will cheer you on for sure. I love it. Yes. We'll let you know if it's good or bad. I'm just kidding. Maybe we will. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am 
always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number? For real. My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community 
for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.